Welcome back, everybody, to the Game Chat Podcast. It is Thursday, April 8th. Masters is upon us. Brock Olson joins us later in the show to discuss Masters Week. Um, big shout-out to him for coming on, even though his beloved Gonzaga Bulldogs fell short on Monday night. Uh, we talked about it a little bit with Brock, but I don't think anyone was beating Baylor Monday night. They were, uh, they were about as good as it gets in terms of college basketball. Wouldn't you guys agree? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, who knows how much the overtime game got to Gonzaga, you know, going into this last game. But, yeah, Baylor, I mean, what was the stat? They won by more than nine points every game. Like, it's dominant. The, the only team to cover the spread against Baylor was Norfolk State, the game that they – the 16 oh. seed that they played. <laughs> and that was – 25-point spread that Norfolk State, I believe, covered. Like, they scored, like, 10 points in the last, like, three minutes or something to cover. But wow. that was it. So, yeah, Baylor was dominant. All all tournament. Good for them. Um, wasn't quite the game that I think we wanted, but... It's been the trend. Yeah. So, we promised a pod. I thought that was crazy how this all worked out, that we were kind of like, well, maybe if a big trade happens, we'll do a full podcast. Not And um, was it Monday? <laughs> like, yeah. Monday morning, pretty much? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we get Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers, so we're going to break that down. Um, the full details of trade. Sam Darnold, Carolina Panthers, for a second and fourth in the 2022 draft, and this year's 2021 draft is sixth-round pick. Carolina immediately picked up the fifth-year option, right? Smart, man. So Sam Darnold's still on that rookie first-round deal. Um what are you guys' just initial initial thoughts of this trade? Eli, you want to start? Yeah, I mean, what was their first? They get a sixth round this year. year, and then a second, second and fourth next. Year. Second from next year. That's a lot. That's more than I thought um, um, they were gonna get for Darnold, just because there was a rumor spreading around that it was gonna be like a late third, and that's it. Um, but but no, I'm glad he got out of. The, I'm glad he got out of New York. Um, I'm glad the Carolina Panthers got someone that has a lot more potential than uh, Teddy Bridgewater. So, I think I think it works out well for both teams since the Jets are going to be most likely having a um, a new quarterback coming in pretty soon, and Sam Darnold gets to spread his wings a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if it's just a late third, I don't think they trade him. I mean, at that point, I don't think it's worth it for the Jets. Um, but when someone offers you a second, a fourth, and a sixth over the next two years, I think it's a no-brainer because. I mean, the whole time there always was the option of they keep Jets could keep Sam, and then trade back and get weapons for him. But it's been reported for a while Zach Wilson's their guy, and it looks like it, it's probably gonna be Zach Wilson. But they're definitely gonna get their future quarterback at two now. So yeah, if you had any doubt of where they were going at two, yeah. there is no doubt anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for the Panthers. That was not the team that I thought would make the trade for him. Them being at where they at eight. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of surprised me. I thought maybe the Steelers or another team that was picking later would, would make the move. But, yeah, really excited for him. I think he has a lot of weapons, something that he did not have with the Jets. Um, and he's 23 years old. Like, good for him. I think he has the complete opportunity to totally turn around to a 180 with his career. Yep. And, yeah, I think it's a really good spot for him and a team that actually wants him to be there. And I think it just clarifies – where we are moving forward for both of those teams now. I'm excited to see what the Panthers do with their eighth pick. 
Cause yeah, they, 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 they now to... get a very high pick to take one of these weapons that are, yeah. Yeah, it'll probably be, because, I mean, eighth pick, the seven before, it'll probably be, like, three or four QBs. If not five. If not five. Yeah. And so, you know, like, Pitts and Chase and Waddle and Smith, like, at least one of them is yeah. going to be there. So what? Uh, so, so well, or, yeah, swell. So as Matthew mentioned, yeah, 23 years old. He's 15 months older than Mac Jones, and he is younger than Joe Burrow. I mean, that's insane for how how young Sam Darnold is, and, and most people, I think, have already written this guy off as a bust. Um, let me remind you that he has played with Adam Gase for his entire <laughs> career. Um, so He's been locked up. <laughs> I think the biggest question for this is, is Sam Darnold good? And before we answer that, I have... <laughs> I was telling uh, Brandon this earlier. I I've got a you know five or six stats here for you guys that because you can really spin Sam Darnold's career any way you want. And I'm going to read off these stats to you guys, and I and I want us to kind of have a, a debate: if is Sam Darnold good, or maybe does he have the potential to be good? So the first one is he played with 56 different starting offensive teammates on his time with the Jets. None of them were Pro Bowlers. 56 different starting offensive teammates. None were, were Pro Bowlers. Sam Darnold, though, also had 46 total turnovers in his time with the Jets, and it took until December of 2020, this season, to go three straight games without a turnover. Not the greatest. That was one of his definitely one of his flaws coming out of college that he forced the ball too much, maybe was a little too aggressive, and that's definitely translated into the NFL. He also has not played a full season in the NFL yet. He has been hurt every single year. He has missed at least one game in every season. He's missed 10 total games with the Jets. The Jets were 0-10 in those games that he missed. I think that might say a little bit more about the Jets organization, <laughs> but um, he also has not played a full season. Since Sam Darnold came into the league, out of 42 quarterbacks ranked in QBR, and in yards per attempt. Yards per attempt, I really like that stat. I think it's a good measure of efficiency. Um, it's not yards per per completion. It's yards per attempt. So it's, you know, risk-reward a little bit. Um, he ranks 41st out of 42nd in both, of, both QBR and yards per attempt since coming into the league. The only quarterback that he beats is Josh Rosen. But who was the last quarterback to be traded under Adam Gase? Or after Adam Gase, I guess. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, since he has been traded from Adam Gates, is first in the NFL in yards per completion. Or yards per attempt. Wow. Interesting. Better than Mahomes, better than Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill is number one in yards per attempt. So, <laughs> it's just going through all those stats, like, I don't know, my mind was a roller coaster. It's, it's man, he hasn't played with anybody. How, how is he supposed to do this good? And it's like, he also has like one of the most turnovers in the league. And then it's like, yeah, but but you know he like what again like what are they doing? He has Adam Gates. Like what is he supposed to do? And then it's like, well, he hasn't played a full season in the NFL. So I I really like this for Sam Darnold because he does get a fresh start. The New York Jets, especially in the past, I I, I really like what they're doing moving forward. I, I really like Sala and I really like Mike Lafleur there. And I think they've got a really good chance with Zach Wilson. But in the past, the past five years or so, it's been a horrible organization. So he gets a fresh start. I don't know. What, what do, you, do you guys think Sam Darnold has a, a chance to succeed in Carolina? 
The number one thing when you read off all those stats is each one of the bad stats you read, he has an excuse for, right? You have no pro bowlers in the whole time, so he's playing behind a terrible offensive line, mm-hmm. getting smoked, and injuries are going to come. When you when your quarterback gets hit, injuries are going to come. So I can explain to that. And then the turnover thing, they were down, and they got to be 90-plus percent of games they were down, so he's just slinging it out there trying to catch up, you know, and, and that's when turnovers happen. So. The best thing for Sam Donald is that he has an excuse. He he was in the worst organization in football. And, yeah, I think he gets a fresh start. And I do think Sam only goes up from here. I think whether – I don't know what the Panthers are going to do, if they're going to make it a QB competition and get rid of Teddy. But um, I think Sam – I don't know if you guys saw the video of after he got traded where he's just happy, he's jumping mm-hmm. in his house. Like he's just – it's awesome. Like, yeah. the, the dude, it's a fresh start. And the interesting thing to me is – how does the league view him? And I think the report today was that the Broncos and the Niners were the main two teams that called about him. So not a lot of teams were interested. So that's what kind of makes me interested to hear what you guys think about, like, whether or not you guys think that he will succeed, like, later on. Because obviously a lot of teams didn't. So One more thing about the Jets, to go on to your point about how bad the Jets were. I, I'm going to butcher this stat because I don't really have it written down. I, I'm trying to remember the podcast that I listened to, how they said it. It was, like, I think just in 2020, maybe over the – course of Sam Darnold's career in New York, they have the Jets have been given the most points against the spread. Yeah, does that does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like they were they've been un, like not favorites, but they were the bottom. Yeah, line, like ten the point underdogs. Yeah. So they combined they have the most points and they have the worst record against the spread. That's crazy. Wow, Jeez. that's horrible. <laughs> that's that's literally atrocious. Who's mm-hmm. the only big name they got for him? Le'Veon, and yeah. that wasn't even that so big. So Robbie name. Anderson, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. I mean, to your point about the yards per attempt, I think a lot of that has to do with his best receiver being five nine. Yeah, yeah. Jameson yeah. Crowder is five nine, and Jameson Crowder is probably at most a two, and probably a three on a good team. On most teams, yes. Yeah, so I mean. That, that's definitely, I mean, you throw in a Broussard Perry and then Chris Hogan at the beginning of the year and Jameson Crowder with old man Le'Veon Bell and Frank Gore in the backfield. Like, you I mean, you're not going to be able to run the ball. Nobody's blocking for you. And then you're not going to be able to throw the ball down the field because these guys aren't going to get open. You're not going to be able to throw the ball anywhere because you're just not open. <laughs> and so it's, I mean, he's in a terrible situation. I The thing about Sam Darnold is to me he has proved that he can do everything I think you need to ask of him. And maybe that's me being biased about his college career because I have a starry-eyed look at him just because I he was uh, – USC was the only team to beat UW the year that they went to the uh, playoff. Uh, and Sam Darnold, it was 16-13, or 13, but he played really well in person. So I'm biased in that sense, but – I mean, his, if you want to go watch up just an incredible game, look up the Rose Bowl against Penn State, and you will see him making ridiculous throw after throw, being poised as heck. And I mean, it's just he's a, really, he's a really promising quarterback. Being 23 years old, put him with Christian McCaffrey and draft a young offensive piece at eight or trade back or whatever you want to do, I think he can be a top, I don't know, 10 to 15, between 10 and 15 range of quarterbacks. Yeah, I think kind of one thing I'm thinking right now is we know what his floor is. Yeah. You know, we've seen a lot of his floor. <laughs> but no I don't want around him. Yeah. That's the thing, with no one around him. And like, like we've been you know, spouting off these stats, like, it's not great. Like, he's not been playing great, but it's not necessarily his fault. So like, but it, it 
It could be worse. A little bit. <laughs> I don't know how much worse it can get, but, but no, the way I see it is that like we've pretty much just seen him floating at his floor this whole entire time, and we have no idea what his ceiling mm-hmm. is. I think, he's, I think he has a relatively high ceiling. And I, and I see what you're saying there. The only thing about that is that they, they paid a lot... Not a lot. They paid more than I was expecting them to pay. Well, they paid more than anybody was expecting them to pay. Mm-hmm. So that's the only... If they get him... On a on a like a rookie or not a rookie a, a minimum contract or you know what the Patriots got Cam for last year, I think that would be, I, I don't know they they I guess they were going to have to pay more what, I guess they're gonna have to pay what they paid for for Darnold but, I don't know that to me is where it's kind of like, you didn't just make this move to, you made this move to make Sam your guy and you're but you bought into him. You didn't make this move to have a quarterback competition. You gave up a second, a fourth, and a sixth. Yeah. That's not that's not nothing. So so what do they do? If he plays good this season, I mean, how much money is he asking? That is another great that's question. That's the problem. Yeah. In, you're going to get one year of sample size, and then he's going to be like, so where's my contract? What do you do at that point? That, that's why I think it's the gonna, it's, they're in a tough yeah. spot where the Panthers are. But Yeah, I mean, at that point, you definitely, yeah, you pay him. Yeah. yeah. With the age thing, though, I mean, it's just, it's brilliant. That is, that is very true. He he is very, very young. and But, yeah, he's going to be at, at – best case scenario, he plays he plays good with some promise. You maybe don't quite make the playoffs if you're the Panthers. And he doesn't ask for $30 million. He asks for twenty. That's a slight rebuild. Yeah. That's like the, the best case rebuild. scenario is he does good enough that you want to keep him, but like doesn't get you the playoffs yeah. so that you don't have to pay him too much. One interesting take I saw today all over social media and stuff was when you look at their division, I mean, there's expiring quarterbacks left and right. Drew Brees is gone now, right? Yep. You have Tom Brady. Can't play forever. Let's hope not. I mean, <laughs> my goodness. And then you have Matt Ryan. So... The Panthers have set themselves up. If this succeeds, that they're they beat the jump to the next level, the next range of quarterbacks. I would say, yeah. in that division. So that was also an interesting angle to look at it. If he's if he's their guy. If he's their right. guy, yes. How valuable do you think three years in the NFL, being in and out of the you know, lineup with injuries? But how valuable do you think that is? I mean, because Jordan Love is probably going to sit like five years. I, I think it's super like, valuable. Mm-hmm. I'm just a little concerned about it being valuable. How valuable it is under Adam Gase. Right. Like, That's the problem. Because he, you just, I mean, you know, he is just, he might have hurt Sam Darnold more than than he helped him too much. I don't know. I I, I really hope he succeeds in Carolina because I'm rooting for this guy. Especially, I feel like he gets a lot of, he was really hyped coming out of college, especially by our guy Colin Cowherd. <laughs> And now I feel like everyone's kind of written him off. I don't know. I, sh- I showed you guys this post. Um, I forget what account it was, but it was like, I don't see this being a big upgrade for the Panthers considering Darnold is about the same as Bridgewater. That shocked me that someone really thinks that Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater are equivalent. See, I, I think that's ridiculous. Because I think that you're going to, like, Sam Darnold, we're going to see, I truly do believe we're going to see Sam Darnold take a huge step in going from that Adam Gase umbrella to go in and work with Joe Brady and Matt Rule, like, are mm-hmm. you kidding me? Yeah, it's such an upgrade from what we what we've seen, and it's like. Here's another thing: mentioning Joe Brady really quick. A lot of people think that if he if if Darnold looks competent this year, Brady's gone. If Brady sure. gets a head coaching job yeah. somewhere, and I I think that's absolutely correct. Yeah. I think if even Darnold just shows like a couple flashes, oh, yeah, then because Brady was getting 
interviews this offseason. That's crazy. Going from LSU's passing game coordinator to a head coach in, yeah. in two seasons. That's very impressive. And probably rightfully deserved. Um, anything else on? Because I, I got a, a hypothetical I want to put you guys through really quick. Does it, does it, that one question, does it, I don't know, does it, I don't know how to like phrase this. Was it interesting to you guys that only, like the report was that only a couple of teams were interested? Yeah. Even at the third rounder reported price? It just yeah, I, only so two the, people called the, other, the, the, the thing is, I, I think the Panthers were kind of the odd team out in that they were going after Stafford, didn't get Stafford. They were uh, pursuing Watson, as we kind of mentioned. Probably the last one, pursuing Watson. Yeah, that Watson <laughs> thing is, is a mystery. I, we don't, we're don't, not even going to touch don't that. Get worse. Yeah, so. They also were jumped by the Niners. You know, it's yeah. a, another QB needy team that jumped ahead of them. Yeah. They probably don't think a quarterback is going to get to them at eight, maybe, and, it, and probably not the guy that they want. So I think they kind of viewed this as their last option. I think it's a great option. Um, no, maybe not great. It was. It's a good option. It's it's viable, but I really think they were probably the, maybe the Broncos now is the last team that needs yeah. a quarterback. But I, I think that they kind of viewed this as their last resort move. It was what Sam Darnold, Teddy, stick with Teddy, or trade up to four, pretty much. Yeah, like exactly. Guy, so, and I, I yeah. think, okay, so so going to the draft, how this impacts the draft. Let's say it goes, it goes, Lawrence Wilson. Say the Niners take Lance. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go to Lance here. Falcons go Pitts, Bengals go Sewell, Waddle and Chase go next, or Chase and Waddle, Chase and Smith. Justin Fields is on the board for Carolina at eight. That's the tough part. That's because, tough part. man, I, I can't. Wow. It would be really hard to pass up, but I hate it. I hate it <laughs> like, I what do you do it. if you're I the Panthers? I, there's no way they should take quarterback now. I yeah, really, I, it's, I agree. Mike Tatumbaum, the former GM of whatever, I don't care, don't really like the guy, but he had he had the Panthers taking your quarterback at eight still, and I'm just like, Why? Why go trade a second, a fourth, and a sixth if you're going to draft a guy anyway? Like, yeah. go trade a first, that second, and the fourth to go up to number four because there's only four spots you're moving up. So it's ridiculous to me that that like that guy had that in his mock draft. But for them, I mean, I don't know. That's a tough situation. Yeah, I mean, either way, you look bad. No, I, in my opinion. Because either way. It's a so, lose-lose. Yeah, <laughs> so either you trade for Sam Darnold and he sits until his contract expires. You're probably, I mean, if there's only two other teams interested – they're going to move on. They're going to find their guy. Nobody's going to want Sam Darnold. So you're going to trade a second, a fourth, and what is it? Six, yeah, you just wasted right, those picks. Oh, or gone. you draft a quarterback who isn't as good as Sam, and you just wasted the eighth overall pick for a backup for five years. 100%. So, I mean, either way you look bad, I don't think any NFL GM wants to inherit that level of stress of just being like, oh, one of them has to hit. They're, but, yeah. they're sitting there going, please, Mac Jones, drop so that we can let him go. Or right. they're like, if it is Fields at eight, you know, they're like, they're waiting for the Patriots to call. They're like waiting for the ring. Like, oh, right. we want to move up to eight. Can we get? Can we trade? You're like, yeah, please, get us out of here because we don't want to have to make this decision, right? So, yeah. But they're hoping it's Mac Jones. They're hoping Mac Jones falls in. That way it's a no-brainer. They can take someone else. Yeah. That would be worst-case scenario because and if, someone, if Fields, like, dropped, that means, like, Chase and Pitts and probably Walter they're all gone. Are gone. Yeah, they're all gone. So the guys that you thought were gonna go didn't go, and the guys that you wanted already went. Like yeah, you basically just have to hope somebody is gonna trade out. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's literally hope. Which right now it's what it looks like for four. So, so I was just gonna bring up that the the other big piece of news that came out 
yesterday, which is Tuesday. Sorry, time traveling a little bit yeah. here. Tuesday, with teams uh, – this is Adam Schefter, Tuesday morning. With teams locked into the first three overall picks, the Atlanta Falcons now have received trade calls from multiple teams and are, quote, open to moving out of the number four spot. Who do you guys think are the potential teams? Because now we can rule Carolina a set – there's no way they trade up. No, I'm not no. I'm not going to completely rule them out taking a quarterback at 8, but there's no way they trade up. No, no. So we can rule out the Panthers. What do you, who who are the who are the suitors? Broncos. That's Broncos. it. That's the only one left. See, I think like you Patriots. also can throw like the Bears, Bears on the table. Bears. Yeah. Where are they at? 20. They the the a, only reason I say the Bears is is Ryan Bears. Pace has said, quote, everything is on the table. You get GMs and coaches that are in very similar situations to where Pace and Nagy are right now, of where they're in a really helpless spot without a quarterback. Their their franchise is not going to accept going 500 again. I I why not be aggressive if you're the Bears? What's the price though? Who cares? Who, Who cares? cares? If, if you're if yeah. you're Nagy or if you're Pace and Nagy, you don't care about the future if your job's on the line. Yeah, you cannot tell me Andy Dalton is your long term. Think I mean, about the yeah, fan base. They, Chicago. They're not going to be drafting inside the top five ever. Yeah. Until unless they do a complete rebuild. That's a, they're, they're I give up every spot. pick in the draft. I yeah. give it up. I wouldn't draft another player. I I agree with that. I find the Bears. I throw everything on the yeah. table. I mean, their defense is their defense alone is their defense and maybe the run game alone is good enough to get them like almost in the playoffs or into the playoffs. It it buys you two extra years as a GM and and coach right. if you have a rookie <laughs> quarterback. I'm not. It buys you two yeah. years just like that. Maurice, you're saying, yeah, the defense. Like, right, as of right now, like, to get up to that spot, they'd have to give away some picks, maybe, like, a player. But, like, their defense is good enough, and their run game kind of started picking up. Like, they're, what they have right now without a quarterback is good enough to, like, at least have them as, like, playoff contenders. And so, I feel like if you throw a quarterback in that mix, even if your defense loses a little bit or if you lose all your picks, like, I feel like that just makes you a much better team. Or maybe not even this year, but maybe the next year, depending on who they who they'd hypothetically get. One team I'm just looking at, and I know this isn't going to happen because I know they're paying him a ton of money, but he only has two years left on his contract. What are the Raiders thinking with Derek Carr? You have two years left on his contract, he's being paid a ton of money, but he's not doing that great. He's up and down. And he's 30 years old already. And you have Marcus Mariota. Man, I was going to say, didn't they just re-sign... Marriott. Are they hoping yeah, that he becomes like they made him take a seven million dollar yeah. pay cut? Y- you would love Gruden. Sorry, Gruden would love Lancer Fields. Oh, oh my goodness, he would. I mean, it's a Falcons type situation. You've got your two years remaining. Yeah, it's the same thing. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, it's it's either they get a quarterback or they're out of there. Like, yeah. take the ransom. Take take the wanted cash that people want for that fourth pick. Like, if they sit there and if they really, I mean. It's Kyle Pitts. No one's gonna be like, "Oh, that was stupid." But I mean, you gotta take the price right now, right? I mean, just, I, I, especially I, I, for the Falcons. I, I would be shocked if it was Pitts. I'd be shocked if they stayed and and didn't. No, I would be too. But yeah. I think it'd be dumb. No, I agree. Yeah. Take your take the amount of picks people are gonna give you, especially if it's the Bears. Moving from twenty to four, I mean, they're gonna get at least three first and the twentieth pick, mm-hmm. at least. To four, yeah, probably. I don't know the what's the rule on trading future first because <laughs> they only go out a certain amount of years. I know, I just, but, it's um, ridiculous. That's crazy. What if the Bears, the Bears, you see the report today that they're open to trading Anthony Miller too. Mm-hmm. I bet you throw you twenty Anthony Miller two firsts, and 
two seconds and you go from 20 to four and you take whoever the Niners don't take, Fields or Lance. Because I, there's no way you trade to four and take Mac Jones. Because <laughs> you have Mac He might not be there. <laughs> That's true. He might not be there. You trade to three and take <laughs> But um, That's the nightmare we live in. That would be the Bears, man. Yeah, the Bears, yeah, Bears. move up one pack. And then... Lance is sitting there and they're like, Mac Jones! <laughs> the Chicago Bears. Every Bears fan would just lose it. No, I mean, the Bears, that's, seriously, that is a, Matthew, I'm glad we were on the same page right there, because I, I, I don't know, when you're floundering for your job as a GM and a coach, Yeah. because whatever Payson, they're gone together or they're staying together, Payson and Nagy, they've, they were hired, I believe, at the same time, so, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't think Andy Dalton is, is the answer there, and if they go into him, this season with him at quarterback, I don't know. But I don't see them having jobs after the season. <laughs> but the, the problem I have with that whole scenario is the Falcons, they have to be competent with what they're getting. And I don't think that they want to move back to 20. I think they'd rather move back to yeah, the that's, low 10s that's or the 8 or 9, wherever the, I don't, where the Broncos at, 9. 9. And, and mm. they still get a premiere, one of those top 10 guys, and they probably still get first-round picks and everything. Nine. I just think it's, it's a no-brainer for the Falcons not to go back to 20. What if they do just take pits? What if they just say say screw it? I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I would be surprised yeah. that they didn't take the the amount, but I wouldn't be surprised that it's pits at four. Mm-hmm. If they took any receiver at four, I feel like it'd be a waste. But pits, I feel like you could maybe you could maybe leverage justify. your fan base hundred yeah. percent. But if you took a receiver at four, it'd be like yeah, you could trade back and those four or five receivers that any fan base would probably be having. They'll spin until we're trying to replace Julio because he's getting old. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the same situation as the Cowboys, where if they're just taking an offensive playmaker, no. I'm like, why? Did you hear that report that came out today that Jerry Jones has, quote, fallen in love with Kyle Pitts? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did <laughs> Imagine if they don't I take did, a corner. I did see that. <laughs> I'm done. I forgot done. about that. That's basically what made me say that. Right, I, right. I, I just can't believe that you know, you're giving up. Dak is having to put up 50 points a game. And you're like, we, you know what? We need to put up 51 points. So, <laughs> Kyle Pitts, come on down. If they go tight end or wide receiver, I'm done. I'm done with the Cowboys. I will never pick them to win anything again. And you know what? Jerry wouldn't care. No, he I don't think he cares care. at all. That would be the most fun fantasy team of all oh time. Oh, my gosh. That would be so much fun. It would be a nightmare, though, too. If, no, if, it'd be four would, or five receivers that you that you would all want to have. But, like, I, right, would take, I might yeah. debate taking Dak, Dak Prescott number one overall. I mean, <laughs> you know they have to get seven touchdowns. Not everybody's going to get... Yeah, like, uh, yeah, all like, Blake Jarwin <laughs> dynasty owners are just pissed right now. Well, um, Dak was on pace to break the quarterback, the all-time quarterback scoring record last season. He, he has a perfect yeah, recipe. He's got a cannon, he's got receivers, and he's got no defense. Yeah, imagine you got a 6'6", 240 tight end to that. It's <laughs> a nightmare. Draft and they'd have to trade up, too. That's, 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 they, would, they would lose something. they give up. Another defense. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's so funny. All right, do we have anything else on this trade? I think we broke uh, it down pretty well. For the we still got three weeks. The Darnold trade. Yeah. Yeah. Anything more on Darnold or or the Falcons? We're we're gonna have a big episode. Hopefully next week, I believe, is the plan. And we're I, we're about the draft. We're gonna go through every pick, every scenario. So I yeah I don't. <laughs> We haven't really talked about our plan. Um, I don't think we'll do an episode this week, just because we're on spring break. So like, this is our episode for the future. 
or for for uh, Sunday, yeah. in place of Sunday. One more thing on the Darnold. We're talking about like how much should he get paid right now. Teddy Bridgewater's contract is uh, like three years, sixty three. So like average twenty one million a year. After this season, there's a potential out where they eat like five million of dead cap. They definitely they do that. They definitely do that. Um, but like, and they already have right now. They have sixteen million in cap space. So Whoa. they definitely, I think they would have the space to give Donald like that twenty. 30 might be pushing it, but, like, if, if he does decent, but not, like, great, like, give him 20 or 25, like, I think they can definitely afford that. And also, look at, they're paying, they paid Teddy Bridgewater 21 a year, and I feel like a younger quarterback who, personally, I think has, well, I think a lot of people would agree he has the potential to be a lot better than Teddy Bridgewater, um, but paying him that much or, like, slightly more, I feel like could be justified. Yeah, and with the Teddy thing, I mean, they're they're going to try dishing him. I, 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 I hope that's the plan. Try trading him to someone, and, and when he gets traded, he'll have to restructure his contract because nobody's going to pay him that anyone. So they're trying to get the heck out of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Carolina drafts a quarterback later in the draft Yeah. to yeah. just full start their rebuild. You know, give, give the rookie and Darnold a chance to learn the offense from scratch. Especially if you, yeah, if you dish Darnold. Or Bridgewater. Okay. Um, yeah. You think Davis Mills is a, a good person for that? Yeah, Davis Mills. Get the third, Sam third Ellinger. Sam, yeah. I don't know. Any any of those late quarterbacks, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Anything else? That's about on that. Good All for right. Sam. Happy for Sam. Happy for Sam. I think that's overall. Is Sam Darnold good or not? Time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, all right, we're going to go to Brock and myself talking about the Masters. We give a full preview, picks, everything. Happy Masters week. We have a live show later today, Thursday. It will be on YouTube. The recording, all our recordings for our live shows are on YouTube if you guys want to watch those after. We really appreciate the clicks, the downloads. Those help us out a lot. Uh, yeah, we'll be back. We'll keep you guys updated on Instagram and everything. And, um, yep, here's me and Brock. All right, we now welcome on, got to be our most often recurring guest, usually Gonzaga Insider, but today we're talking some Masters. It's Brock Olson. Brock, thanks for hopping on again, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Always a good time to be on. All right, let's start with what, what happened Monday night. We'll go quick. Um, <laughs> Gonzaga falls to Baylor. We are just talking about this. Baylor, no one in the country is beating Baylor Monday night. Yeah, I know that's what all my friends are saying. It was tough to watch, but I mean, right from the tip, when it started like nine to one, we were just playing catch up the whole game. They were just playing their best basketball of the year. We were playing our worst basketball of the year. And they were just a tough team to keep up with and nobody was beating them during that game. Yeah, I mean, they had everything going for them. They were they were being physical, especially man, especially Baylor offensively was bowling Timmy in the paint. And that's something that you haven't really seen all year against Gonzaga. And then not only that, offensively, they were hitting every single jumper. They've got three guards, four kind of that flagger, flagger guy. Uh, he, man, they, they were knocking down everything. And it's just, yeah, it just wasn't your guys' night. No, that was, yeah, that was tough because, I mean, we knew coming in, they were, I don't know what the stats are, but if not the best three-point shooting team in the nation, we were just not on their hands. We were letting them shoot early. And then, I mean, what we were thinking was, I mean, against UCLA, we were going right at the paint with Timmy. He was playing super well. 
we thought we were going to do the same thing, get Vital into foul trouble, but he was just dominating down low, and we just couldn't get anything going, which was unfortunate. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, hopefully hopefully you guys are going to have some guys back uh, from this team. I know Kispert's gone. Suggs is likely gone, but I think that's kind of one maybe you guys are holding holding on to a little bit. We were talking – we have his buddy Chet from high school, seven foot one guy. He's a lot of us are saying he's most likely coming here. He hasn't committed anywhere, but we like him coming here. So I mean, if anything was gonna happen, like he'd want to play with Chet. But if he's looking at like the top three, top four spot right now, it's it's tough to just give like not take the million dollars. But. Right, but also I mean I don't know. This is best case scenario for him coming back. Yeah, because he knows he's right there and he was pretty emotional after the game. I don't know. I think there's a stronger possibility that maybe people think of him coming back. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, his, his passion dedication to Sierra Gonzaga was insane. Like nobody expected that. We all expected him to kind of be one and done, but he was playing his heart out. And I, I would love for him to come back obviously, but yeah. Um, I don't have the highest hopes. So we'll see. We also have Hunter Salas coming in. Who's even a higher recruit than Jalen was, which I'm excited for. Yeah. Hopefully we get Chet. And we have three of our starters returning. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Jalen and Corey leaving. We'll see what happens to Drew Timmy. We all think he should stay one more year like Corey did, but we'll see. I don't know if that championship game helped him very much no, in his no, draft yeah. stock. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got some stuff to work on if he's going to want to play at the next level. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to Masters. Um, I cannot believe Masters Week is already here. It's it's back in April. We had the the November Masters, that weird one year thing. Um, so it's good to be back in April. I've been reading up on it. It doesn't seem like the scoring will be as high as it was in November. Um, just I, which doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Maybe that's, I guess when it's when it's wetter and softer, the the greens. <laughs> Uh, it's easier to score because DJ broke the record in November. I, mean, I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. I wonder if that's always going to have kind of an asterisk on it just because. It was just a weird year. Right. Month, it just did not feel right. Yeah, no fans. Course is in a much different condition. I don't know. I think that one, we're going to look back in, in 10 years and be like, yeah, DJ holds the record, but does he really? I mean, yeah. how often are we going to play another masters in november probably hopefully never um but yeah it looks like so they're gonna there's gonna be twelve thousand people per day uh is what it's is what it's looking like obviously a, a much higher number than there was in november with no one there yeah. but cut down from the normal there's normally 40 to fifty thousand people there that's insane i saw that i couldn't believe that you don't even realize how many people are there how much different of an atmosphere it is it's crazy yeah from going from 40 to 50 to like zero how it was in november has got to be insane yeah. so i think i think 12 is gonna it's gonna feel like a lot and and i'm excited for that i'm Excited to see more and more people getting to go back to these events. So yeah, that, that's really nice because, like you said, like coming from zero. I mean, especially on the players. Like you think about it, like just shooting in November. Like you're used to, like you said, forty thousand fans just cheering you on. Going in November, I couldn't imagine how weird that was. Just shooting, like 
your caddies congratulating you, some essential personnel, but right. like probably looking around, you're like, this is so weird. Yeah, so exactly. 12,000 fans is going to make a big difference from November. For sure. For sure. All right. Uh, let's go over some, some of the big storylines and then we'll, we'll kind of get our picks in at the end. Um, the three biggest ones I could think of, we talked about DJ, his dominant victory in November. He's the opening favorite with the odds plus 900 to win. He's had five straight top fives at his last in his last five masters. That's absolutely insane. You don't think this guy dominates this course, but I mean, he's been dominating it lately. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how high, like in all the odds you see, he's leading the charge. Like you just said, you said those facts. He has just been so dominant. I mean, I was thinking through my picks and DJ is obviously like one of the obvious choices, but he would be joining an elite crew of Tiger Woods, Nick Faldo and Jack are going back to back masters, but they haven't lead the charge. They haven't the highest odds. So you know, this will really show how dominant he is this year. And if he can join that elite crew, if he does, he will cement his name as one of the greats. Yeah. One of the greatest of all time. Definitely. I mean, yeah, it hasn't been done since Tiger did it. I think Oh one Oh two. It was around 20 years ago. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, no, for sure. If he, it's just crazy how he's, he, he's so consistently good, like not just yeah. good, but consistently great. Like this guy's insane. He's playing incredible golf right now. For sure. The other one, probably the biggest storyline going into this week is Jordan Spieth. Oh, yeah. uh, Jordan Spieth won his first tournament last weekend. I think it was like the Houston Open. Uh, first tournament win in nearly four years. He always seems to play well at Augusta. Uh, he's, he's, this, he's only played seven years, seven times at Augusta. He's won, finished second twice and third, and, and and he's starting to get hot again. He's so so fun to watch. The yeah. the the golf world just gets so much better when Jordan's in contention. Obviously, he's been struggling. He's been really public about his struggles the past four years, but it was awesome seeing him finally because he's been playing well the past year or so, better than at least he has been. And, and to finally see him break through and win right before the Masters, too, uh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm really excited to see him play this week. Yeah, he is picking up his game at the perfect time. I'm loving it. I love the momentum he has coming to the Masters. It's why he's one of the top favorites to win. But I, I, like, I like how you brought the storylines. It's one of my favorite stories in golf right now. Obviously, we have all that stuff about Tiger we'll talk about, but – it's him, like you said, his success early. He was 19 years old at the John Deere Classic. It was, was it 2013 or so. He won that awesome five-hole playoff and just made him the youngest PGA winner in 82 years. He then went on to win the Masters, like you said, in the U.S. Open in 2015. He was the number one ranked golfer at the time. So he had this incredible growth and spotlight on him at such an early age. And this drought, you said, for four years. And I just love how public he's been, like how he's grinding his way back. And he said this quote, I have it right here. After the Houston Open, he said, it's been a long road. I never really doubted myself that I'd get back to where I wanted to go. When you lose confidence, a lot of times it's hard to see the positives going forward. And I just kept my head down. And that just shows his grit, how much he's been grinding to get back from this uh, drought. And his confidence, like, in himself and his game right now, I love that going forward. And I can't wait to see what he does this weekend. Yeah, me too. That's uh, that's an awesome quote. It's it's 
he, he just totally had to reinvent his game. And, and that's just not an easy thing to do, especially when you had the success that he did um, to, to, to go, to go from basically the highest of highs to lowest of lows um, is a great rebound. And I, I, I mean, just imagining him winning this week and then the, you know, the speech that he would get up after winning this week, I, it'd be crazy. It'd be, you know, not, not quite tiger esque, uh, but, but pretty close. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people who rid off, wrote off speed for, for a while. So uh, it's good to see him back it, just, even just playing well. And he, yeah, like, I mean, like we said, he's always played well at, at Augusta. I'm all for speed win this weekend. I mean, just, yeah. Seeing that comeback, just what he's been through. I mean, he was 19 with that first one in John Deere. That's two years younger than like two or you know, yeah. most of us. So I can't imagine being in that spotlight, then winning the Masters, the U.S. Open, being the number one ranked golfer, and then you just get hit in the mouth with some bad, some bad years. Like this comeback is incredible. For sure, for sure. All right, then you you mentioned it a little bit earlier. No Tiger this year. Uh, obviously, very sad. There was some stuff that came out Wednesday morning, this morning, about the speed that he was going. Did you see that? I just saw, yeah, it popped up, the news report. He said it was around his home, so he's on, like, the windy roads, kind of, and he was reaching about 87 miles an hour. Yeah. So very excessive speed, but he wasn't impaired, which was good to see, but I'm just, yeah. Thank God he's doing well right now. He's recovering, and I hope to see him back soon. Yeah, it seems like it could be, could have been a lot worse. Uh, oh, yeah. But, yeah, and it's good to see him. He He's – been strangely active on Twitter, which is not something Tiger does at all. Uh, his tweets are usually like very monitored, sponsored kind of stuff. But, you know, I think he said something about DJ. He was like, oh, I was looking forward to the champions dinner. You can just tell like this is Tiger's week. Uh, the Augusta Masters is Tiger's place. And I think it's probably killing him to be missing it this week. Yeah, that was funny. I told DJ, I'm, I'm sad I won't be running up your tab. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's it's a bummer for him, I'm sure. I, I mean, yeah, with him out, tragic, tragic time for him. But you see the impact that he has on the golf world. I mean, we saw players, wear, like, they were all wearing the Sunday red. That was awesome to see. They changed the TPC Sawgrass pin to honor his, his better than most putt. That one with the TW initials. And everyone is posting about how they miss him during the practice rounds. JT was talking about how he went and visited him like at least three times last week. And then he texted JT during the practice round. He's like, all right, it's, it's kicking in. Like, I'm missing it so much. I love and, their relationship, <laughs> him and JT. Uh, it's just cool to see everyone rally together around him. And yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens after his recovery. But him and JT, I those two are awesome. Just to see JT with Charlie, and that is a great friendship. For sure, for sure. All right, so to, speaking of JT, um, you know, DJ's the favorite, plus 900. Is he the only – I believe he's the only one at plus 900, right? I'm, uh, I, think, I think you're right. I'm going to pull it up really quick because yeah. we, we posted on our – oh, Bryson apparently is plus – it's, it's different in some books, but in the one I'm yeah. looking at, uh, Bryson, John Rom, and JT are tied with Spieth at plus 1,100. Uh, Dustin's the sole favorite at plus 900, so – those are those are kind of the the five or so guys that are that are always in the mix and and are definitely the favorites. A couple other guys to keep an eye on. Uh, you obviously have Roy. Roy Roy's a story every every week at Augusta for the past. I think I, I want to say six or seven years. It's been since he 
since he's been missing the career grand slam because that's the talk every every time he yeah. steps foot in augusta it's career grand slam for those of you guys who don't know what that is he's there's four majors in golf roy roy what i can't say that name bro <laughs> rory has won the u.s open the british open and the pga championship he is missing the masters to complete the career grand slam he's plus 1800 this week Hopefully he's a factor because he's definitely a guy who moves the needle for golf. He's really fun to watch, but he has not played well historically in Augusta. Yeah, I mean we'll see. He he definitely has obviously the skill, the experience to get it done. But yeah, you're right. He doesn't have the best track record, so we'll see if he can step it up amongst. There's there's a lot of younger competition that are like people are expecting to win. I mean, you. I love how young the field is now, and just the run they're giving these older guys, the more experienced guys. Definitely, definitely. Golf is in a really good spot right now. There's a lot of like casual, even college students uh, that that watch golf and are excited about it just because of the young guys that are that are in it. Oh yeah, yeah, it makes uh, it a lot more exciting. For sure. And then Kepka this week, Kepka's plus two fit two thousand five hundred. Coming off knee surgery, it was a big surprise that he was playing this week. Didn't yeah. wasn't supposed to, but uh, tweeted a couple of days ago that it was like he, he, that Jordan gif. I'm pretty sure is what it was like from the last dance. Yeah, so I, there was one tweet. I think it was an analyst or somebody just mentioned how range chatter suggests that Kepka could be out six eight months, and then he posted that Michael Jordan gif saying, "And I took that personally." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, so yeah, Kepka, I mean, he's played very well here the past few years. Obviously, he's just played well at any tournament he goes to. Mm-hmm. Hasn't won here. If man, if I was a betting man, this would be a really interesting one because he's got really good odds, but he's also coming off a knee surgery. So I could see him being like top 10, just like how he normally would be, but then I could also see him missing the cut and him just being like, Yeah, my knee's just not not ready. Yeah. I mean, this guy has gotten so beat up. I was just looking into him, like, seeing what's happened with the knee injury. Obviously, he had the knee injury really recently. He's also had, like, several hand injuries, just some other stuff that is crucial to golf. So, it's like, I was super surprised he's playing this early into his recovery. And I was looking at some other picks, too, and just a lot of people are mentioning, like, their favorites to win, their sleeper picks, like, and then a star who just has no chance to win, and a lot of people are saying Brooks. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't like him. So, yeah. No, and you, like you can see why for sure. Yeah. No, it's with this. I mean, when you're playing guys, just the best golfers out there at this course, you have to be at full go. You cannot be beaten up. And I mean, I hope he does well, but we'll see what happens. For sure. For sure. All right. Couple um, just tea time notes, groups, and stuff, and then we'll get to our picks. So, you can obviously watch it all weekend, masters.com or the Masters app. Strongly recommend the the, the Masters app. Uh, I just, just got it, like updated it because I, I never delete it from my phone. I just update it every year. And they've got this. This sounds like an ad, but obviously it's not. I wish I was sponsored by the Masters. They've got like a fantasy golf on their app this year. And I really like it because you – you have to pick a first-timer, a past champion, 
someone that was born in the U.S. and someone born internationally. And those are your four guys on your roster. And there's they have a big point system, like how many eagles, how many birdies, pars they get and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I think that's really cool. Uh, Masters really cool. trying to get, get into that kind of gambling slash fantasy sports arena because that's definitely the way the younger generation is trending. And uh, it's really smart by them. I, I saw that they are adding the Masters back into a, uh, the golf video games this week. So I love to see that from the masters trying to get the younger generation involved a little bit more. Really smart. Do you, do you have your roster set or do you do that? Yeah. So my four guys that I got, um, let me pull it up really quick. My, my amateur or first timer, I guess is Charles Osborne. Um, he finished second in the U S amateur. So yeah. Picked him. I don't know. I didn't want to pick the guy who won the amateur because I was like, that's pretty, pretty boring. Um, my past champion is Jordan Spieth. My international player. Why don't I have my international player on here? International players, Matthew Fitzpatrick. I love oh Matthew God. Fitzpatrick. And my U.S. guy is Xander Shoffley. Yeah. So you know what Fitzpatrick's odds are? I do not, but I really like Fitzpatrick. Is he out there or is he more of a sleeper? I don't think he's super deep sleeper, but let's see. I don't see him on the, the bar stool thing. 33? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty bad. good odds. Yeah. No, I like it. That's a good pick. He'll be interesting. So the TV times, Thursday and Fridays on ESPN from noon to four Pacific time, Saturday on CBS from noon to four Pacific time, and then Sunday is 11 to four Pacific time. Obviously, you can also watch on the Masters app and .com. Uh, the featured groups for Thursday, the ones that I'll definitely be tuning into, uh, Spieth and Morikawa is the last tee time to go off. That's going to be awesome to watch. Those two are very, very fun, both of them. Morikow is a beast. Um, DJ, Lee Westwood, and then that the number one amateur, like the guy that won, are in a group together. They are pretty early in the morning. I think at 7.30 in the morning, Pacific time. And then right after them is Rory, John Rahm, and Xander Shoffley are in a group together. And then a little bit later, 10.30 a.m. Pacific, Bryson and Max Homa. Max Homa is like the, the golf, the Twitter guy, you know, that like roasts everyone on their swings. Um, he's playing in his first Masters. And then right after that, JT, Tony Finau, and Louis Oosthuizen are behind them. So a lot of good groups uh, for the opening two rounds. I was looking at those. There were two that really stuck out to me. I'm excited for the Spieth, Cameron, and Colin. I, those are three young guys that I am really excited to watch. And then Finau, Louie, and JT. JT is my favorite golfer, has been for a while. And I also love Tony. Just like him and Tiger are usually, they're good buddies too. And I just love his game, love seeing him play. So JT and Tony are going to be two really fun ones to watch too. Agreed. Good. Agreed. All right. Let's wrap it up. We are each going to give three picks to win and a long shot. Brock, you want to go first? Yeah, are we going one by one or just? give my all my picks whatever you want you choose all right um let's just go one by one with the like alternate. uh my first pick we've talked on a lot is jordan speed 
He is on my um, board as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, just the momentum, like I said earlier, and he made the biggest leap of any of the contenders in the field, their odds to win, going from number 29 just five months ago to number four right now, which is insane. Yeah. Um, we've mentioned he's entering this week following the Texas Open win. He's third in the world in strokes gained on approach shots, and the only two golfers ahead of him are the two best iron players in the world, where JT and Morikawa. And his game is just firing right now. Um, and if there was any time for the win, I think it's right now. Agreed. Agreed. Yep, he's on my board as well. I, I, I mean, he's been my favorite golfer for a long time. I Even when he was playing bad, I was always – turning on the TV and rooting for him. So mm-hmm. got to work root for him this week. Um, the other guy I'll go, I'll go my next pick and then we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll rotate. Uh, I have JT on my board as well. I'm, I'm assuming you, do you have him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, similar reasons to speed. He's just so super, super fun to watch. I, I love him. Uh, do you have anything, uh, anything on JT? Yeah, um, like I mentioned, he's my favorite golfer, but I'm not being biased here. Like, he has a serious chance to win. I found I found one stat that is really interesting. Um, he's improved his finish at the Masters Tournament every year in which he's played. He's gone from 39 to 22 to 17 to 12, and then four at last year's. Um, I think he's improving even more this year. Uh, I mean, it just shows his comfort and familiarity and improvement with – how to play Augusta, and he also has the win at the players too, which yeah. boosts his confidence even more. So, with his buddy Tiger not playing, I think he's gonna. I think he's got that chip on his shoulder. Play for him, just keep improving from the previous years, and I think he's got a really good shot to win this year. Agreed, agreed. I'm really excited for him. It seems like this is kind of his time. Seems like yeah. this might be his year. All right, oh, who's yeah. your who's your last uh, regular pick? Um, my third. Yeah, this was. I mean. Speed and JT, I knew right away. Those Me ones too. Were easy. My third one, this was a tough one. Um, I put John Ron though. So <laughs> it's funny because like there, I was thinking about it. There wasn't a specific stat that like stuck out to me. Like oh, like he's got a lot of momentum or anything like that. It's just because his life is going amazing right now. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but him and his wife just welcomed their first child of the world. I think it was like last weekend. It was really recently. And he tweeted and just said, like, this is the best weekend of my life. So he's just got that high rolling into the Masters. And um, we could have another Danny Wild situation on our hands. For those who don't know who Danny Wild is, five years ago, he won the Masters just days after the birth of his son. So could see a similar situation there. But, I mean, that's, that's not the only reason. He has three straight top ten finishes at Augusta and is coming in at number three in the World Golf Ranking. So I could definitely see him getting his first green jacket this weekend too. For sure. It seems like he's always in contention. He's, he's, yeah. he's just very, very good at golf. Um, the third guy that I had on mine is Xander Shoffley. Uh, oh I God. love Xander. He's yeah. been a guy that's consistently uh, been at the top of the masters. I think he was uh, tied for second the year tiger won, So 2019, a really easy guy to root for uh, fun to watch. I don't have any, anything specific written down about him. Uh, but I, but I am a big, big Shoffley guy. These, those three that, that I picked are just the guys that I was like, I'm, I'm going to root for them no matter what. So might as well just pick them to win just so yeah. them, I can root for them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Any of those guys can win too easily. Definitely. All right. Who's your, who's your long shot? Who's your, who's your long shot? 
Um, I was yeah, I was back and forth on this one because, like you said, with the betting books, like the odds are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like I I didn't really know where our bar was set at long shot. So I kind of I kind of went with an issue. So I went with Adam Scott. Yeah. Um, I mean he he plays really well in majors. He hasn't missed a cut at Augusta since 2009. And he has seven top 20 finishes at the Masters, including a win in 2013. So yep, yep. this this course requires a lot of strategy, like knowing exactly where to hit the ball, a lot of knowledge of the course. And Scott has the advantage on most of the field in both those areas. With all the years he's played, he's won one, so he has the experience there. He's just really familiar with this course. And he hasn't been playing his best golf recently. That's why I was, I was back and forth with this because doesn't have the most momentum coming in, but... I mean, I was just thinking long shots, and he definitely has the experience to get it done. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Um, my long shot, I went with Shane Lowry. Um, uh, yeah. 2019 Open champion. Really good pick. Plus 10,000 odds. Um, yeah, I mean, not playing his best golf either. He had a big COVID scare, so he didn't start playing uh, competitively, at least this year, until I think like early January. So he had kind of a break he's just starting to get back into the swing of things he was he finished eighth at the players you know and the players is a very similar field to this one so that's encouraging for him but yeah i mean he just has that master or major championship experience so figured if if i'm gonna take a dart throw he's not a bad guy to to throw it at so i like that pick another guy um, i don't think he's a long shot or he could be considered like a sleeper but i think he's a lot of people have him like top ten maybe, but Victor Hovland, I love watching that kid play. Yeah. He's just, he, like he's one of the guys that like anybody can root for. Just he's he's just special. He's top fifteen in the world right now, and he's twenty three years old. Yeah, he has a he has a skill to do it too. I would love to see him make a run and just I think was just that it was he's fourth from T to green over the last two months. So Jeez. He, yeah, yeah, he's got some momentum coming in. I would love to see him make a run. For sure. He was low am low amateur uh, when Tiger won, I believe. So, yeah, he's he's got a good history here for sure. Yeah. For sure. All right, man. Well, that's all I got. Um, I think this episode's coming out. We're going to do a, a little bit tonight and then kind of wrap up it all and put it out Thursday morning. So this will be out. Listen to it while you're watching us or while you're watching the first, first tee. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited. Masters Week is always one of my favorite weekends of the year. Um, yeah, it's going to be a blast. Um, yeah, I just had a few more questions. Just real quick, we can go rapid fire. Um, Let's do it. I have a, I was just thinking about this earlier. I had no clue. But what do you think Tiger's going to do following recovery, and, or how long do you think his career would last? <sighs> Bro, I'm starting to think that – it, he he might I'm really starting to think he might not play competitive golf anymore I think he might I mean I don't know I just I I don't see him just being a guy that's gonna float around you know not compete for tournaments and so if he's gonna still have, if he's gonna have injury problems I just I think maybe him playing with Charlie playing in some of those older guy tournaments I don't he won't do any senior tour I don't think yeah. but I think his long-term health and like being healthy to play with his kids and stuff, I think that might be more important to him, but I don't know. I'm, I don't want to doubt him because last time everyone doubted him, he, he definitely proved him wrong. So. Yeah. Uh, he's really competitive. It's going to be really interesting. Cause I saw something like 
he's poised to make a good recovery and could return if he wanted to. So we'll see. I mean, the last thing I wanted to do is kind of tarnish his name, like kind of go downhill again. Yeah, exactly. I don't, yeah, you don't want him to hurt himself even more. You don't want him having more surgeries. So, right. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see. Then one more I had is if you could play anywhere in the world, would it be Augusta or somewhere else? It would be Augusta, no doubt. Yeah. Did um, uh, Foreplay, the, the Barstool podcast, they just did a, a big podcast where they had listeners call in and tell Augusta stories. And they had like three guys tell stories about how they snuck on to Augusta. Like middle of the night, they like climbed a couple fences and one guy was like, I just put some blades of grass and some sand in my pocket. And then he's like, and then I was like leaving and I ran back and took the flag off of the like 13th <laughs> green or something like, like there's just no other golf course in the world that would, that's as, as exclusive as that, that like you can get thrown in jail by just stepping on the premises. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I did, I did see that guy calling in, telling about him taking the flag and Frank and all those guys were like, are you sure you should be telling us this? <laughs> I know that's like, that's just insane what they've done to make that place the way it is. It's crazy. Yeah, I guess is my number one too. I think Pebble's probably a close second. Pebble's sure. so cool, right on the water. That is a beautiful course. For sure. I guess, yeah, I guess it's special. I'm excited for this weekend. I think there'd be. I think it'd be really cool to go over to like Scotland or some of those places in Europe and play play over there. The old course is another one that looks really cool. Definitely. They have a lot of cool courses. It's just a different style of golf over there. It'd be that'd be a fun. Uh, you know, two week trip where you just play a bunch of those cool courses over there. For sure. That's a, that's a bucket list uh, trip for sure. Yeah, definitely. Super fun. All right, man. Well, appreciate you coming on again. Um, yeah. I mean, have fun watching the masters this week. Um, well, yeah, same to you. We're, we're almost, we'll be back in Bothell together pretty soon. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we got like a month left or so. It's crazy. I know it's gone by so fast. All right, ma'am. Well, I'll catch you later. All Appreciate right. it. Yeah. See you later. See ya.